0: Everyone, welcome to another exciting edition of Words, Images, and Worlds. Glad to be talking on this episode about literacy and comics and numeracy and all sorts of other things with comics creator artist Stefano Gadiano. Stefano, thank you for shipping in and talking with. We try, we try. Um, I've enjoyed the conversation so far. Before I hit record, and, and glad to have it continue. Thanks for spending some time talking. Likewise. Yeah. I'll mention a couple of titles that people might know you for And then we can sort of resume the conversation And, and talk some comics um, you, You've worked something. on a variety of books um, Batman Family, Daredevil And oh, folks out there yeah. probably yep, yeah, uh, Probably also know you for th- This little book, t- tiny book uh, I'm sure, um, The Walking Dead Is that, yeah right. I
1: think I remember that one, yeah
0: yeah. Uh, so um, big title. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. It's uh. It, it's been kind of amazing. I think you know. In the end, I, I I had very much the career that I wanted to have when I was a kid uh, in comics. I was very lucky to you know. It took a while, but uh, you know, pieces fell into place. It's been a good ride. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What What led you to comics and visual arts?
1: Um, comics were kind of around me from the time I was born, pretty much, because um, they're a pretty popular medium in Italy. Uh, where even in the nineteen sixties and seventies, when I was a kid, um, it had uh, there was a great variety of comics being published. Um, Kind of like you're seeing in the United States now, where you don't just have one genre, you actually go into a bookstore and, and you can have I, I saw you had an interview with uh Lucy Neasley, uh and mm-hmm. uh you know, or how do you pronounce her last name like nicely? I can't remember, but uh, yeah, I think it's nice. great uh, you know, yeah. and uh, that's a kind of work that you didn't really find in the United States when I was young, but in Italy you, you could get all of that, and even uh there was a more capillary way of distribution because there were newsstands everywhere and newsstands carried comics and uh even in church they would have a, a comic book magazine that was published by the church that i would read every week when i was going to church and uh it was actually quite good it's not not what you would expect it wasn't uh you know just the type of fear that you would think uh you know like the catholic publishers would uh, would be putting out it was they had some really great artists some american uh Artists I know we're familiar with um, uh, Micheluzzi, you know, was one of the great artists that showed up in this magazine, Giordano Novino, and uh, Sergio Toppi was in there, an artist that Americans haven't heard of, like Gianni De Luca, but um, really inspired me. And I also saw uh, some uh, a bunch of foreign uh, comic books of all kinds, like American newspaper strips were being repackaged in magazine form, and many households would just have subscriptions to this large size beautiful black and white nicely printed uh, comic publications and uh, it was not looked down upon as kids literature even if of course you know a lot of it is just humor or adventure Uh but I remember being exposed to some American classics like Rick Kirby, Buzz Sawyer and uh, as well as a humor strip Dick Tracy Uh Uh as well as uh, some avant-garde things like early work from the humanoids uh in france like i remember seeing Philippe brulee work early on and uh, um and then from south america alberto breccia is or Brescia, i don't know how you say his name in um uh, in his own language but um uh, breccia was just a, it's a phenomenal artist his art his, uh, son enrique is is uh, still uh, working in the field and also does beautiful work but alberto uh really made an impression on me when I was uh, I was about seven years old when I first saw his work and I was nowhere near really being able to uh, you know think of uh doing art in that style because um you know just very advanced but I really appreciated it and it came in handy as I got older as a point of reference to sort of uh, Recognize the style that I wanted to go into, uh, but the real passion for comics actually came, you know, from Marvel Comics. It was I, I was at a newsstand one day and I saw a John Romita cover for um, you know Spider-Man. I think it was maybe number ninety or something like that with. Uh, you know, Dr. Octopus arms are flailing, you know, and uh, Spider-Man, very, it was just before it went into this great series with, you know, the death of Captain Stacy and then later, of course, the death of Gwen Stacy. And I was hooked. I just uh, absolutely loved that, uh, that series. And um, my brothers, uh, I have older brothers and uh, this helped too because uh, my older brothers were collecting Fantastic Four. Uh And uh Captain America and the way they were published in Italy, there would be 48 pages, so they would put in stories like Captain America had the Avengers in the back, Spider-Man had the Hulk and Daredevil, Fantastic Four had maybe Thor or something like that, so I was exposed to the early, uh, you know, Eventually, we started reprinting some Ditko stuff when I was about 10 years old. So I, I, I saw the first 10 years of Marvel Comics unfolding in front of me in the 1970s, basically, wow. thanks to this Italian publisher. And um, it just, you know, are you were you a Marvel fan also growing up? Is that something that you got the bug at some point? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you know what it's like. I mean, mm-hmm, it just it's mm-hmm. uh, Spider-Man is... is uh, there's something about even just the way the costume is designed, it just kind of bursts itself into your brain. I, I was pleasantly surprised to find that there's people much younger than me that are huge Spider-Man fans, even before the movies came out, because they liked the Todd McFarlane Spider-Man, you know? And it just it's like it seems like across generations, it's uh, it leaves a mark. And I mean, my one of my kids at two years old, I I swear I'd never I wasn't really doing spider-man at the time i just never re- remember talking about it it wasn't on television but uh, they saw a spider-man balloon and immediately like we're drawn to it and literally said <laughs> spider-man a word that like i'd never taught them <laughs> as far as i can remember i think it's an amazing design uh, that Ditko came up with essentially and uh, Ditko in particular i think you know just uh, nailed it basically it was just a uh, uh, very very powerful narrative form and the other comic books that i read all of the italian european uh, and and even more the you know newspaper strip american comics had uh, really beautiful art and uh humor and, and great narrative power but you know what 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 stanley steve Ditko and jack kirby and the other people working their hit upon it, it was something else. It really felt almost like a, a new form of, of telling stories. And uh, of course, you know, working on what uh, uh, Jerry Siegel and, uh, you know, uh, now I'm going to confuse. Is it Siegel and Schuster or is that the publisher? Uh, no, no, you're uh, right. That's Jerry right. Siegel. Schuster. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. And um, the super superheroes in general. Are a very uh, weirdly effective and powerful narrative medium, I guess, or I don't know what you would call it. It's not the genre; it's just the idea of superheroes. And obviously, with the movies we've seen in the last twenty years, that's just completely blown up, and and all of our, you know, culture is responding to it. This idea of costumes, this idea of, you know, kind of non-governmental, you know, action at at a large scale, dealing with things uh, out of this world, literally, whether it's Doctor Strange or the Avengers in space or whatever. It it obviously replaces, you know, just like many people have thought about this, you know, Grant Morrison has done some incredibly interesting work, both academically and as a narrator with, you know, the, the hero's myth and all that stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's not new, but I feel like we're still kind of grappling with what it actually means. It's a fun ride, but it's uh, it's got power. And I think that, you know, I'm not the only person that felt it, obviously, especially in the hands of someone like Kirby and Ditko. It, it just... Yeah. Got to me. So then I I became fixated on the idea of actually one of the things that Marvel did is it it revealed that actual human beings are drawing these things and and writing them, right? That Mm -hmm. Stan Lee's, you know, interpersonal editorial style and writing style, winking and nodding at the reader and all of that, but also mentioning himself, of course, first and foremost, Mm -hmm. and his collaborators. Put in my head that is something that i might like to do for the rest of my life actually draw comic books and uh, one of my older brothers in particular was really exceptionally talented as a cartoonist like he could draw well but he also had that cartoonist eye like my own style tends to be more illustrative and he was just really good at coming up with a dynamic synthetic line uh and the uh, storytelling he wrote his own stories and i just followed in his wake and tried to keep up and um my specialty really was always more in the finishes. And uh, I think that, you know, most of my career has been uh, certainly where I made more of an impact has been as an inker, which suited me fine. I like when I was a kid, I, I really loved seeing who was inking whom and how it would look different depending on, you know, like Paul Glace in particular stood out. It just, I mean, everybody really like, you know, with Kirby, you could see what just just Emmett brought to the table was remarkable. He clarified Kirby and just gave it something extra that mm-hmm. no one else had really put there before. And then um, uh, when Kirby went to uh, DC, Mike Royer and uh, it was, be Bruce Berry, you know, followed up, I think, on what Senot had established, which is really respecting Kirby's geometric kind of quality, you know, his square knees and elbows and all of that stuff. And bringing out that power that was getting softened under other people's inks and I think Jacoya did an amazing work inking Kirby but Frank Jacoya and I'm, I'm naming names that most people don't know I don't know if you're familiar with any of these but Jacoya was a really talented Italian artist who worked in a classical style and I thought he did a pretty good job a really good job capturing something of Kirby in the same way that Sinlet did but Sinot just brought something more. Like Jacoya made it made it really elegant while being true uh, to Kirby's work. I could see that inkers made a big difference, and I thought, "Hey, I can handle that. I'll, I can trace. You know, I can trace really well." And uh, I I wanted to. Um, Paul Golesi was so good at inking himself, and I wanted every at once in a while, like Ben Atkins would ink him, and he was good. Other inkers were interesting, but most of the times they took some life out of his work, and I, um, I thought, yeah, I'd, I'd love it someday to ink Paul Gagliardi. Never actually got to do it, but you know, that's sort of what, what drove me into uh, the thinking of myself as an inker, which later came in handy when I realized that um, the. Penciling was just too taxing, you know. I couldn't uh, really keep up with the kind of focus that's required to uh, produce work on a deadline, you know, month after month, et cetera, as a penciler. But as an inker, it's like, hey, someone else has done all the heavy lifting. I can go in and clean things up, you know. <laughs> so that was great. And uh, that's, yeah, that's a long, the long version. Uh, I could make it longer, but of how I got interested in comics, basically, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that <clears throat> the inking phase is so important to bring the art to that that page the way that we come to expect it in comics Uh, and and so important for atmosphere i mean again thinking about something like the walking dead um i imagine it's a joy to work with um is it charles charles adler is that right charlie
1: adler yeah amazing i mean that's the other thing that i love about inking it's um, you're collaborating with someone, and it's not the kind of thing where you're doing the pencils and you don't quite know whose hands are going to end up. And you actually, you know, have a say in what the work looks like. And I I try to have some kind of report to the penciler. I found that if if I can um, maybe see some of her pencils uh, in on paper, which nowadays doesn't always happen with uh, you know you send work digitally, uh, I, I I really. I like the opportunity of getting deep into an artist's work and understanding their work and learning ways to interpret it and um, I find that uh, there's no one that I've worked with that isn't better at inking themselves than I would be because there's a purity of vision and a clarity of vision that you know uh, you're not going to sustain I think there's a few pencilers that really don't like to ink like I know I hear Kirby didn't really particularly care to ink himself but uh you know michael lark is great i think in his own work lee weeks um you know Butch guys and uh charlie just you know and uh, trevor her sign, whom i worked with recently you know these are all people that are incredibly talented artists and can really bring their work to completion when they ink it themselves sure. but uh i like to think that you know me and a handful of other inkers are like second best option you know it's just like we can go in there and Hopefully, whatever is lost from the artist's original vision, there's something else that can replace it. And I try to bring my own life into the line. I'm not a particularly technical anchor, mm-hmm. but I try to infuse the spirit of the story and the spirit of the art and just kind of um, do an almost musical interplay with the pencils and uh, you know, get something exciting going even in just uh, the line, mm-hmm. which sometimes it surprises me that editors even care because it doesn't make that much difference but it makes a little difference and you know some some of us like it and appreciate it you know um uh, but nowadays coloring i think has taken over um that role in terms of atmosphere tone mood so much more is done with color and can be done with color that uh inking is definitely not as important as it was for the first hundred years of comic book art you know uh-huh, uh-huh. i like having been part of uh more traditional, sort of, you know, uh, kind of, you know, that school where you had Kenneth and Raymond and, you know, your clear line, you've got, you've got, you know, um, Windsor McKay doing little Nemo. There's so many different ways of approaching a line drawing, basically. And it's given me a chance to really appreciate the power of line shape, black and white. Mm-hmm. But I can't deny that when the Technology uh, got to a point where it allowed the quality of reproduction that we have now. It just left room for color to move in. And color is an amazingly powerful art tool. I mean, of course, it can be wielded better or worse, but um, you can introduce things that you're not really going to touch on with black and white. Mm -hmm. I like the fact that Walking Dead stayed with gray tones. Every once in a while, it's good to just have a good black and white piece of art, yeah. but uh, I'm also glad that there's been room for colorists to really stretch out and make their mark on comics and, and really become collaborators at this really high, important level where, you know, back in my day, there were a few colorists that stood out. I remember Christy Shield was great. And of course, later um, Liv Varley and Richmond Lewis coming in with Frank Miller and David Mazzucchelli. Doing really outstanding work as colorist, and a few other colorists that were really remarkable. But you know, it was really uh, you know background work, and um, you know now it's like working on uh, Gotham Central with Matt Hollingsworth and Michael Lark and Ed. Uh, and I guess uh, Greg Rocca was on that book, too, actually. In fact, he wrapped it up. But, um, you know, Daredevil and uh, Gotham Central. Actually, Daredevil was Matt Hollingsworth from Gotham Central. It was Lee Lowridge. It really felt like you've got, I, I keep going back to this idea of musicianship, you know. You've, uh-huh. you've got people that really know what they're doing in their role. And uh, it just sings, you know. It's like that's yeah. that's very satisfying. And it's nice to see coloring really taking up that, that space basically that used to be mostly you know up to us um yeah but you know still like the line that's uh that's my thing
0: yeah yeah i like the comics orchestra metaphor here i, I really like that
1: <laughs> it's really part of the fun it's uh it's something that drew me to the medium almost as much as the idea of drawing and doing stories the fact that it's it's a way to especially after i moved to the states and uh you know, you, you love comics, you find other people who love comics, and it's a community right there. You know, mm-hmm. it just, uh, and uh, to this day, you know, just uh, globally, even, um, it's easy to have interpersonal relationships when, uh, when 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 you know that somebody's interested in, in that thing that we love, you know, so, okay. and then working together, even better, you know, you get good, good conversations with anybody and, and great work experiences with uh, other professionals, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, good stuff, you know, like going back to fandom, working with people in Denver, you know, on fanzines and stuff like that, it just really, that's a positive experience for me, that's part of the joy of being Involved in comics, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Any um particular collaborative experiences that have been especially energizing?
1: Yeah, I uh think you know going back to Daredevil and Gotham Central, by the time we got to Daredevil in particular, um, you know, we'd already done a few years of Gotham Central and uh, uh our editor, Warren Simons, and, uh, and his assistant at the time, Alejandro Bona really, you know, just uh, encouraged with sort of team mentality. And uh, we just had an email thread going forward. And the, everything we had to deal with it, just everybody was bouncing things around. If I needed to fix something, like, you know, I remember one time in the feet, like too small, or a skewed a face, and people are getting back to me. Matt Hollingsworth and I were going back and forth on stuff that we needed to figure out. What's the best way to do this page? Do you want overlays? You know, it was a really great working experience. I was also, was working on Gotham Central. I was moving around from place to place. So it was just a little more grueling, like finding a place that print out my pages and uh, a place to scan them and send them. It was, you know, back then it ended up being complicated. When I was working on Daredevil, I had my studio set up. I had my scanner, I had my printer. You know, I had my email and my phone, and it was just a great work experience. Then um, also the early, you know, early stuff, like when I was working on a self-published anthology called Crimson Dreams, just you know, getting to know other artists in the area, Frank Albanese, who's unfortunately no longer with us, and Kirk Beth, um, and I just started this little magazine, and and you know, it was pretty exciting. It was part of the 1980s black and white boom. And uh, in fact, you know, we sent um, our samples out, our, you know, mock up of our first issue uh, or parts of our first issue to one of the biggest distributors at the time, Bud Plant. And he was talking to us about, like, I'll eh, order a few copies of this, but, you know, you guys should look like I just got something that, you know, like this, I think will really sell Teenage Ginger Turtles, you know? <laughs> and we're like, Teenage ninja Mutant Turtles? That sounds so dumb. That's a ripoff of Daredevil and, and, and Titans and X Men. You know, what are we doing? You know, it's just, uh, and then uh, you know I I grew to love what the, what the guys did with that because they not only they they put out a book that obviously you know really made its own mark talk about you know great iconography that generations of people are still responding to and doing variations of but also really. Just, uh, um, generous basically uh, to the community founding tundra and uh, in addition to mirage and just uh, providing a forum for other people you know it was it okay. was uh but that, that was great just being part of the, this developing independent black and white market kind of you know being on what Dave Sim and uh, the peonies on elf quest you know had done they uh-huh. Sim on Cerbus and then harvey peaker on american splendor and great i i got to meet him um, you know early on in my career sat down next to him at a convention really great guy really great book um and you know in in so many of us were just kind of trying to keep up not just with uh building an audience but just doing good work you know and, and failing at it but uh i was lucky to meet steve siegel and uh, who's, you know, if, if you're a worker who he is, actually, I don't know if he's been on your show, he'd be a good interview subject if you can get him. Yeah. yeah. Um, even I met him in college and we collaborated on Kafka, which was being published by Renegade, which was uh, Danny Bubert's publisher, publishing outfit after she, you know, uh, left Cerebus. And uh, that was a great collaboration too, just, uh, you know, it was... Just the two of us, and uh, actually, he had uh, his now uh, wife, I think, or life partner, anyway, whatever, whether we officialized it or not. Uh, Liso was part of the team too, and uh, he was doing the lettering, paste up, the whole thing. I was just doing the art and the covers, and uh, we were both taking classes at the same time. I don't even know how we did it, and just put out the six issue mini series that um, ended up being well received. You know, got nominated for an Eisner, and. Uh, that was very gratifying. And the working experience itself was really fun. It was just the classic sort of, you know, like two young people trying to do something significant and uh, fun. Mm-hmm. And then um, I, I really, every work in collaboration, like I, I love working with Trevor on Deceased, and he and I had worked together on Valiant stuff before that uh, a little bit. And he's a great guy. I got to spend a little bit of time with him at a convention in Italy in the past couple of years. and. Um, Um, and just as an artist, you know, I I learn a lot from everybody, and the same goes for, again, Michael, Charlie, Lee Weeks, and Butch guys come to mind, but also, you know, Manuel Garcia. Like, everybody whose art I've had the opportunity to work with uh, has given me something. Barry Kitson, it just, uh, but the highlights would be, yeah, early, early jobs, Dirt Devil was just, you know, like, we were firing on all pistons for a while, and Gotham Central, I think, stands out as possibly the best book that I've ever worked on. It's something... The Walking Dead is, is is kind of a phenomenon in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's hard to say, okay, you know, it's Gotham Central. We're, we're like apples and oranges in a way. But The Walking Dead is outstanding. Gotham Central was just this little jewel, basically. You know, just yeah. 40 issues and we're out. And um, I was really glad. That was my first... I'd done inking with Rick Hober before. There's another artist that... Uh, most of my collaborations with Holberg were um, on storyboards. He uh, hired me as a storyboard cleanup guy for him, and we worked really well together on boards. And then I wanted to work with him at DC when DC started giving me, you know, some bits and pieces. And um, because he's very fast, he's very good, and we work well together. And uh, I like what we did on Batman Family, um, and it was really fun working with him. But the working conditions, like. I was having a hard time keeping up with stuff he had to pick up most of the slack so that was you know just a bit grueling and also i think dc at the time was just not responding to his art style the sort of animation influence that he brought in mm-hmm. they just didn't want it we might have done better if we'd been on one of the batman animated books that uh, they were pushing around the same time instead of a main batman but uh Rick is great. And I learned probably more from Rick than anyone else because we worked very closely together for an extended period of time. And he's, he's amazing. You know, he's just uh, he's, he's an incredibly good comic book and, and animation artist, you know, with just a wealth of experience. And, uh, on the other end of a generational spectrum, Rick's about maybe 12 years older than I am. And, um, uh, here in Seattle, I have connected, you know, with some people in the community, and even if we haven't collaborated that much per se, we've done a minimal collaboration. But uh, we sh- I've shared the studio with uh, Moritat um, and uh, Brian Tees, and uh, they're both really great artists working in different styles. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a bunch of other artists in the in the mm-hmm. group, but you know, mostly it was the three of us and uh, Tony Aikens, also whom I also collaborated with, amazing artist, just uh, really looking at his pencils, his original up close, one of the finest comic book artists who's just kind of flies under the radar for some reason, okay. but, uh, he's outstanding. And I, I had the chance to ink him on a couple of occasions and, 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 uh, I, I don't wish with them more because he's better inking himself really, but it was really great to just have the opportunity to work with him. And, um, that relationship, Brian and I, Brian Teese and I, in particular, it was just the two of us in the studio for a few years, and we were working together. Uh, he was assisting me on some of the work that I was doing with Michael Lark and Butch for Marvel Comics and Butch Guys for Marvel Comics, like the uh, Gunslinger stuff, the Stephen King thing, um, uh-huh, uh-huh. and uh, and then uh, Winter Soldier uh, comes to mind. He took ho- he took over inks, and at first we were working on it together, and then he took over when I went to Valiant. And uh, just sharing a studio with someone was something that I didn't think was going to work for me, but at the time it made sense. And it was one of the best, you know, kind of professional experiences, even if it wasn't so much, he was doing more his work and I was doing my work. Sometimes we just jumped in and helped each other, but that was a really positive working experience on the whole, that whole time period was very fruitful, I think for both of us and just kind of fun, you know? So I, I... People romanticize working in comics sometimes, and you know I probably don't need to reaffirm that it's 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 a hell of a difficult business, and 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 it can suck suck your energy and leave you you know completely burnt out, which it has. But um, a lot of the excitement that I could pick up reading Marvel comics and this, you know like humorous glimpses into the Marvel bullpen. Yeah, of course it's BS. It wasn't really like that. Right. In some ways, it is like that. It's just it's it's uh, there's something of the energy that actually is there when you get a bunch of creating people, creative people that are actually excited about doing what they're doing. You know, and um, so I'm I'm like almost sixty years old, so you can hear the reminiscing tone in my voice. I'm definitely like looking back with, you know, pink rose-colored glasses on and uh, very, very happy with uh, having had that career that I thought it, I would have, you know, and being able to uh, get a lot of really great assignments as an inker. And The Walking Dead, this season was almost like, you know, cherry on top, but The Walking Dead was like the icing. It's like for six okay. years, basically, I got to work on this blockbuster with two of the best. People in, and, and actually, I, I should say four of the best people because, uh, uh, oh my God, now space out, oh my God, uh, I consider him a friend um, who did the tones um, on, uh, on uh, Walking Dead. And Russ Wooten, I think, was a letterer. And uh, for some reason, I am embarrassed, but I'm, I'm spacing out.
0: Um, that is quite all right. I can. The um... name of I can yeah, shop that. part. It's, uh, but... let me. Pull okay, great. That name. Uh... Um so turns Cliff. Cliff
1: Rathburn is Cliff the Chan- name Cliff, 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 not Cliff Chang. Right, Cliff Rathburn. Yes, of course, Cliff. Cliff was great. Cliff actually uh, is a really amazing artist. I mean, he does gorgeous work, both drawing, line, inks, colors, the whole thing, but. Uh, for some reason, he ended up um, just, you know, doing the tones for The Walking Dead. And I think that when Charlie, uh, when we started publishing twice a month for the uh, All Out War arc, they realized that as fast as Charlie is, penciling and inking, you know, two books a month would have, would have been more than he really wanted to deal with.
0: Uh-huh. They are looking
1: for an inker, and I think that someone really great, turned them down and, uh, you know, I was somewhere down the line and probably the work that I did on Gotham Central had caught their eye because it's got that kind of noir, gritty vibe and um, they could tell that I, you know, would be able to get the mood right, like you mm-hmm. were saying. And uh, working with Charlie and working with Robert Kirkman and, and Cliff Rathburn and um, and Ross Wooten, you know, wow, I mean, like that felt amazing. It wasn't as um, as much, like, there wasn't that kind of email chain, you know, I mean, obviously Robert's got, you know, way bigger fish to fry, but he was there when needed, but it was just, you know, we we weren't communicating as much, also because um, there wasn't as much of a need to, that was a machine that had been running, you know, for a long time, and I was in there just kind of like filling a space that Charlie had been doing, and uh, it's interesting because you can see uh, alteration in the style of the book when um, when I came on, but People might think that I brought that in. It was actually Charlie. Charlie changed penciling approach when uh, he stopped inking himself and just decided to take the opportunity to draw bigger. He used to work at a smaller size Uh and uh, really turn in, probably for himself, he probably did more like layouts and finished in ink. Uh And uh, knowing that someone else was going to ink it, he wanted to have that degree of control finished product and so he gave me pencils that I had to tell him you know look I could just darken the contrast on this and these are publishable like I, I don't even need to ink them so he made the job very easy and there wasn't a lot of reason to go back and forth everything was just you know very straightforward and uh, uh, so in some ways I had less room to play as an inker mm-hmm. but it was also amazing to see just Really being able, I've I've looked at Charlie's work possibly more than anyone else in the world because I sat there with hundreds of his pages, just looking closely at the panels, and uh, that that was just amazing. He's uh, you know, there's like some panels that he did that I would like blow up and just put up on the wall, you know, just like and and it's just like it's not even the it's not even the dramatic stuff. It's like it's Carl walking on a field and there's a chicken in the foreground, and I'm like, wow, you know, (laughs) it's just beautiful. Yeah. So yeah, working with Charlie and uh, Robert on The Walking Dead and and of course all the hype that was going on at the time with The Walking Dead. It's just like all of a sudden, you know, all your kids' friends are like, oh wow, your, your, your dad walks on The Walking Dead, works on The Walking Dead. So <laughs> it was a big deal and um, I uh, yeah, it's just that that was a really great experience and I was lucky to have that opportunity, definitely. Yeah. <laughs>